loving Father in heaven, we thank you, Lord, for the privilege that you've given to us to be partakers of life. We understand that it is not by our righteousness or goodness or holiness. We do know that it is a blessing which you've given to us which we do not deserve. Therefore, we say may all praise, glory, honor and adoration be ascribed to your holy name. Father in heaven, please consecrate our lives to your service. As humans, we have defects in our character. We struggle to keep in touch with you. So we pray, Father, that you grant to us the gifts of your spirit, help us to maintain a vital connection and give us power to become sons and daughters of God. We pray, Lord, that the words we'll be listening to in our devotion shall be a blessing to us today. Please, Lord, put your words in my mouth. Help me, Lord, that the things that will be said would be a blessing to all who would listen. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. Conflict and Courage, January 29 An Affluent Society in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, and knew not until the flood came and took them all away. Matthew chapter 24 verse 38 and 39 The sin of the Noetic world was intemperance, and today the sin exhibited by intemperance in eating and drinking is so marked that God will not always tolerate it. Man carries to excess that which is lawful, and his whole being suffers the result of the violation of the laws which the Lord has established. Intemperance in eating and drinking is on the increase. Tables are spread with all kinds of food with which to satisfy the Epicurean appetite. Suffering must follow this course of action. The vital force of the system cannot bear up under the tax placed on it, and it finally breaks down. God will not work a miracle to counteract the perverse violation of the laws of health and life. Man should estimate himself by the price which has been paid for him. When he places this value upon himself, he will not knowingly abuse one of his physical or mental faculties. It is an insult to the God of heaven for man to abuse his precious powers by placing himself under the control of satanic agencies and besotting himself by indulging in that which is ruinous to health to piety and to spirituality. Though the wickedness of the world was so great, yet the Lord gave men 120 years of probation, in which, if they would, they could repent. But notwithstanding the forbearance of a good and merciful God, the people did not improve their opportunities. For a little time they were awed. And afraid to go on as recklessly as they had done. Then depraved habits prevailed over restraint. 
in proportion as the people resisted conviction, their discernment was clouded, and their desire to follow a course of ungodliness strengthened. It is necessary for us to eat and to drink, that we may have physical strength to serve the Lord. But when we carry our eating to gluttony, without a thought of pleasing our Heavenly Father, eating just that which is pleasing to our taste, we are doing just as they did in the days of Noah. Amen. The title of our devotion for today is An Affluent Society. An Affluent Society and our key text is taken from the book of Matthew chapter 24 verse 38 and 39 which says, In the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, and knew not until the flood came and took them all away. An affluent society means a society or people that has everything at their beck and calling. It's a society where you don't labor to get whatever you need. Everything is available. An affluent society. We are still looking at what the world was before the flood. As we go through our devotion and conflict and courage, we must remember that the reason we are going through all of this is to get lessons. Learn good lessons from those who made the right decisions and learn to shun the mistakes made by others. We have looked at the life of Adam and Eve, Cain and Abel, Enoch, Seth, and then the world before the flood. And there have been many lessons we've been learning. And God himself said so. And today we're looking at an affluent society. These men who were talented were also living in a land of plenty. Reading from Spiritual Gifts, Volume 3, page 61. It tells us something of what this society looks like. And I'll just read it. It says, The curse, that is the curse that the Lord had placed on the earth because of Cain killing Abel, the curse did not change at once the appearance of the earth. It was still rich in bounty, in the bounty God had provided for it. There was gold and silver in abundance. The race of men then living were of very great stature and possessed wonderful strength. The trees were vastly larger and far surpassing in beauty and perfect proportions as anything mortals can now look upon. The wood of these trees was of fine grain and hard substance, in this respect more like stone. It required much more time and labor, even of that powerful race, to prepare the timber for building than it requires in this degenerate age to prepare trees that are now growing upon the earth, even with the present weaker strength men now possess. These trees were of great durability and would know nothing of decay for very many years. A heavy double curse, first in consequence of Adam's transgression and second because of the murder committed by Cain was resting upon the earth. Yet the mountains and hills were still lovely. Upon the highest elevations grew majestic trees, rising to a lofty height, their branches spreading to a great distance on every side, while the plains were covered with verdure, 
and appeared like a vast garden of flowers. Some of the hills were covered with trees of beauty, and vines climbing the stately trees were loaded with grapes, while beautiful flowers filled the air with their fragrance. But notwithstanding the richness and beauty of the earth, yet when compared with its state before the curse was pronounced upon it, there was apparent evidence of sure and certain decay. End of quote. So here we see a description of what this affluent society was like. It contained trees that were very durable, which were like stone. Gold and silver were on the surface of the earth. You didn't need to mine and dig to get gold and silver. It was just on the surface of the earth. If you remember in the book of Genesis chapter 2, talking about the Garden of Eden, we are told that the rivers that were flowing from there, it says that there is gold there and the gold is good. The Bible says it, that the gold was there. You don't need to dig. It was just on the surface of the earth and that that gold was good. That is in Genesis 2 verse 11, it says, The name of the first is Pison, that is it, which compasseth the whole land of Havilah, where there is gold, and the gold of that land is good. There is Bedelium, and the oinx stone. So, the Bible even confirms what we just read now, that gold and silver were just on the surface of the earth. These things were readily available, and then the earth was so beautiful, the trees grew very tall. The grape vines going round it, the products of the trees and the fruits were something beautiful to behold. The hills and the valleys and the mountains were really places that were beautiful. And this was the kind of world. Do we have evidences of this today? Let us look at the evidences that, of, that shows that truly there was such an affluent society. You see, archaeology keeps finding so many things that today's science wants to cover up. So let's see some examples of what really existed in this affluent society. So here are some things that has been found. It has been found that they have seen 50-inch wingspan dragonfly. Think about that. That's 70 centimeters. Dragonfly with the wings of 70 centimeters. Also, in the findings, they've seen 6 feet long salamander six feet long that's like the height of a regular man a salamander that long they've also seen centipedes that are eight and a half feet long centipede of eight and a half feet long please try to imagine these things in your head to make you understand the kind of world that existed in the past also they have seen two feet long grasshoppers today grasshoppers are just few centimeters long now think of this one, two feet long grasshoppers. These were giant grasshoppers. And also the other things I've said were also giants. How about oyster shells? Oyster shells were found to be about 11 and a half feet wide. Now that is a big giant oyster shell. They've also seen tarantulas of about six to seven feet long. Birds have been seen to be to have been as tall as 13 feet just normal birds they were up to 13 feet tall cockroaches now this one many of us won't like it cockroaches have been seen fossils of cockroaches have been seen to be about 13 18 inches long 18 inches long cockroaches now that would be a nuisance 
also rhinoceros they have seen that rhinoceroses bones of rhinoceros of 18 feet tall a man today can stand under that rhino antlers the antlers of an elk have been seen to be 12 feet wide now when we say an elk we're talking of this animal that looks like a an antelope but the horns grows like not necessarily like the branches of an antelope but it spreads wide like a web and they have seen the antlers of 12 feet wide wow that's really big how about beavers they've seen six feet long beavers that's giant indeed and even we've talked about this before skeletons of men were found in the humboldt lake in june 19 1931 and this skeleton was about 10 feet tall you don't see that today even the basketballers they're just about seven feet four and all of that you don't see any of them their head almost touching the rim of the basketball now hear this one in lompoc rancho in california in 1883 the skeleton of a man 12 feet tall was found wow 12 feet that is the person's head will be getting above the rim of a basketball court now why was the society like this like i have said in other devotions it has also been found that the world before had about 50 percent more oxygen than the world today and when you have that much oxygen you can tell that there'll be a lot they can achieve and then also the plants like we've read in the devotion and what i read earlier were actually bigger than what we have today we've seen cattails that's a plant and guess how tall this was a cattail you won't imagine 60 feet tall cattail 60 feet tall trees were really lofty and big cattail today is just a very short plant a very short plant but they have seen fossils of cattail 60 feet tall no wonder you could see these big animals they were big uh, plants for them to eat also these are evidences i could bring of an affluent society but with an affluent society comes irresponsibility for man you see when man has things at his beck and calling everything is just available there's a danger for him to become lax and idle and then comes the problem of intemperance in the beginning god gave to man his diet in genesis 1 verse 29 which says and god said behold i have given you every herb bearing seed which is upon the face of the earth and every tree in the which is the fruit of the tree yielding seed to you it shall be for meat to you it shall be for food god gave man a plant-based diet fruits grains nuts seeds that was what man was supposed to eat and that is what his body uh, could take as something good for him but after sin god added one more thing to our diet in genesis 3 reading verse 17 and 18 when he was talking to adam he said unto adam because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife and has eaten of the tree of which i commanded thee saying thou shalt not eat of it cursed is the ground for thy sake in sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life thorns and thistles shall it bring forth to thee and thou shalt eat the herb of the field before it was just the the fruits and grains and seeds nuts that man was eating but then god added to his diet the herbs god added to the diet the herbs now this is all that they were permitted to eat remember in eden there was no killing of any animals there was god did not create the animals to die they were not supposed to die even plants they were not even supposed to shed a leaf 
not to talk of the flowers dying nothing like that was supposed to happen and even after seeing it wasn't supposed to happen nothing like that was supposed to happen the animals maybe they would die of themselves but not that man was going to be killing them for food god only added herbs for them so adam and his lineage seth and his people they were eating just a plant-based diet but here came the destruction of cain's family these vicious people spiritual gifts volume 3 page 63 paragraph 1 says they loved to destroy the lives of animals they used them for food and this increased their ferocity and violence and caused them to look upon the blood of human beings with astonishing indifference so here it is that something strange begins to come among men and you think of think of yourself like adam who has never tasted this flesh before never killed animals just for the sake of fun and there comes these people cain and his people who were living in the land of Nod and created a city for themselves called Enoch. And they loved to kill animals and they just enjoyed it, hunting, just killing them. They enjoyed to see them dead and they enjoyed eating the flesh of these animals. What a perverted appetite they had. And no wonder the Bible says in Matthew 24, verse 38 and 39, In the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, and knew not until the flood came and took them all away. You see, more is meant here than just taking breakfast and lunch with lots of water for good health. What is meant here is partying and playing of music and reveries were the order of the day. These people lived to eat. They did not eat to live. And they took the matter of eating to such excesses that they were intoxicated with food. The food also was of the worst kind. They feasted on animal flesh which was prohibited. They ate and became animalized themselves. As we read what the Bible says in Genesis 6 verse 1 to 3 where it says, And it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters were born unto them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were fair, and took took to themselves wives of all they chose. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh. Yet his days shall be an hundred and twenty years. Here God was giving them probation. As we saw in the devotion, Conflict and Courage, page 35, paragraph 5. There it says, But notwithstanding the forbearance of a good and merciful God, the people did not improve their opportunities. For a little time they were awed and afraid to go on as recklessly as they had done. Then depraved habits prevailed over restraint. In proportion, as the people resisted conviction, the discernment was clouded and their desire to follow a course of ungodliness strengthened. Here is what happened to them. They continued in this their idea of eating and drinking and at first they were afraid when Noah started to preach to them telling them they had 120 years of probation and the Lord was going to destroy the world with a flood before later they started to mock him. Conviction left them. They continued in their life of, of reverie and sin and crime. Today, there are some of us who respond under the preaching of the word of God. We need to preserve the reaction. You know, you go to church sometimes and you hear the preaching and you change for a moment. Don't let it be for church, just a moment. Allow that message to stay in your head so that you don't go back to your sins and start to think that, oh, you just responded out of fear or something. Let the conviction still be in you. Talking about the intemperance that these people exhibited in eating and drinking, like I said earlier, it was not just eating the right food. They was involved in this thing, eating harmful foods. 
it has always been the case and still is the case that the Lord condemns gluttony. In the book of Deuteronomy 21, reading from verse 18 down to 21, the Lord says, If a man have a stubborn and rebellious son, which will not obey the voice of his father, or the voice of his mother, and that, when they have chastened him, will not hearken unto them, then shall his father and his mother lay hold on him, and bring him out unto the elders of his city, and unto the gate of his place. And they shall say unto the elders of his city, This our son is stubborn and rebellious, and he will not obey our voice. He is a gluten and a drunkard. And all the men of his city shall stone him with stones, that he die. So thou shalt put evil away from among you, and all Israel shall hear and fear. Here we see a very strong prohibition from the Lord on the habits of gluttony and drunkenness. It is not tolerated. In Proverbs 23 verse 21 we read, For the drunkard and gluten shall come to poverty, and drowsiness shall clothe a man with rags. We'll come back to that. Conflict and Courage, page 35, paragraph 6 says, It is necessary for us to eat and to drink, that we may have physical strength to serve the Lord. But when we carry our eating to gluttony, without a thought of pleasing our Heavenly Father, eating just that which is pleasing to our taste, we are doing just as they did in the days of Noah. So in the days of Noah, what were they doing? They were eating that which was pleasing to their taste, not following the command of God. God did not leave the matter of eating and drinking to the choosing of man. He gave explicit directions of what is alright to eat. This has been the case since the beginning of the creation of man. But people today feel that they can eat what they like. When it was the matter of eating that brought us to where we are today. Eve thought she could eat what she likes and she ate the fruit which was forbidden. And here we are today. One must be very careful to understand that this affluent society where everything is at their beck and calling can lead to a problem. Just like the people in Sodom and Gomorrah. You see, the Bible tells us that in Sodom and Gomorrah, they had that kind of affluent society. Everything was available for them. The land was good and that was what made Lot to even go there in the first place. It needed very little labor for you to get the fruits from the ground. So they had things available. Mineral resources were readily available to them. The comforts of of this life was very, very uh, appealing and very available in Sodom. But it led to something. It's not that these things are bad, but the problem is that sinful man, sinful man will always have a problem when his society is so affluent. Man needs labor. When God told Adam that he would labor to and sweat to eat, it was a blessing. It said was a curse, but man needed it. The reason is because without such labor, man being idle will get into more sin. So what do you think was the sin of Sodom? It was the same sin of these antediluvians, the people before the flood. With this affluent society, there was a sin. The affluence of the society is not a sin. To have everything at your back and calling, that's not the sin. But let us see what the Bible says. Ezekiel 16 verse 49 says, Behold, this was the iniquity of thy sister Sodom, pride, fullness of bread, and abundance of idleness was in her and in her daughters. Neither did she strengthen the hand of the poor and needy. 
So what was the sin? Many people today associate Sodom with homosexuality and sexual perversions of all kinds, whether it is bestiality and pedophilia. Those were the things practiced in Sodom. Yes, when we read the book of uh, Genesis 18 and 19, we see that there was pedophilia. The Bible says that all the men of the, of the society, children, young men, everybody came to sleep with the angels. So you could tell that young people were there. Pedophilia was already going on. Bestiality going on. Homosexuality, lesbianism. But the Bible lays the axe to the root. The Bible doesn't mention that as the root of their problem. The problem was pride, fullness of bread, and abundance of idleness. That is what usually happens in an affluent society. When the society is so affluent and there's idleness and then food is readily available, oh, combine this and then you get that pride of feeling like, oh, this our city is the best. This our city is the one that everybody needs to be in. Ah, and then what sets in because of the too much eating and the idleness man becomes a habitation for demons to come and suggest evil thoughts to the mind and in suggesting evil thoughts what follows next all kinds of crimes abominations and sin today we have some affluent societies among us some of these cities have been built with blood and their acts of evil are coming back to haunt them when we talk of affluent societies, we quickly recall countries like uh, Switzerland and islands and tax havens like Jersey and all those other islands, Bahamas and the rest of them. Uh, states like California comes to mind and cities like San Francisco and Los Angeles will also come to the mind. You see, these places are known for their comforts and their abundance and the fact that they have the good things of life. Like I said, some of these places have been built with blood and they are reaping what they have sown. What do I mean? You see, when you want to make your city affluent and your country affluent and you do it without regard to the commandments of God, you steal, you kill just so that you can get money for yourself. Look at England, for example, the UK colonized, colonized many of the African countries and took many of their resources so that they can enrich themselves. And what is happening to them today? Because you stole some money and you have so much money to yourself. Oh, they are the financial haven. They have so much money. Now they give to their own people social security. Enough money. You don't even need to work. You have enough money to take care of yourself, rent your house and eat without working. A UK citizen has that for themselves. An England citizen, let me not say UK, but in England, they have that for themselves. They can stay without working, eating from the government provided funds to themselves and even paying rent from it. They don't need to work. And now many of their children don't want to go to school and they just stay at home eating. Obesity is becoming an epidemic in England. And the children are becoming rebellious and stubborn. Oh, you need to see what I have seen. Just go and check some documentaries on obesity. And what you will see is mostly in England. People are eating themselves to death. Drinking themselves to death. But why is it that you have all these drinks and food to eat? It's not because you stole it from someone. You see, what you do will come back to haunt you. And it's not just England and many other parts of the world that enrich themselves by strengthening their hands in iniquity and shedding blood. That money you took, the resources, it will come to haunt you and it's already haunting their people. They're dying, living a life of misery. They're having mental diseases that many people in Africa don't even know about, ADD, ADHD. 
all those kind of things i mean we don't even know what these things are compressive obsessive obsessive disorder many many mental disorders why it is because of that affluent society that was created for themselves with much stealing these things will come back to haunt people and i was talking about san francisco los angeles california the richest state in the united states what is it like that's why we have the same thing there it is just like sodom having such an affluent society what did sodom become they started to practice all these sexual perversions and same thing in california practicing the same sexual perversions los angeles san francisco known as the capital of the homosexual lifestyle the lgbt lifestyle and then they tell themselves the last word pride what did the bible say ezekiel 16 verse 49 this was the iniquity pride fullness of bread and abundance of idleness what is the iniquity of san francisco today they say it's for themselves pride every july pride month pride and they are proud of their iniquity pride abundance of idleness fullness of bread is still happening in san francisco you see we need to understand that we don't live to eat we eat to live and in this matter of eating gluttony many people don't understand that it brings many other evils the bible lays the axe to the roots on sodom saying that it was eating too much eating that led to their iniquity the abominations that we heard today this same too much eating is leading to many other iniquities we have an obesity epidemic in the world early sexual maturity and childhood obesity is on the rise what is the cause because people are living to eat they are not eating to live some are eating themselves to death I've watched documentaries of people who have eaten themselves to death. They can't help it. They know that they are killing themselves, but they can't stop it. They keep eating what they know will kill them. And of course, the animal-based diet is what does that. Children are pulling their tooth, tooth after tooth being pulled out because of wrong habits of eating. Many adults are losing their permanent tooth at a very young age for this reason. Others are going down with failures in their vital organs like their heart and their kidney, their lungs and even their brain, all due to wrong habits of eating and drinking. Painful and dreadful diseases of the worst kind are destroying the health of many because man will not eat to live, but he is living to eat. People are literally eating themselves to death. They are addicted to food and they can't help it. The documentary I watched in Real Stories talking of the man who ate himself to death. This man was crying while eating himself to death. He told me, I can't help it, I can't help it. And he keeps eating. I can't help it. And he keeps eating. He knows that his food is killing him, but he can't stop it. He keeps eating himself to death and he finally killed himself through food. Couldn't stand up from his bed for months and years can't go away from his from his bed just because of how much he had eaten wanted to do a surgery but couldn't get the discipline to do it may lord help us this I, i looked at the pathetic situation of this man and i pitied him eventually he ate himself to death how has it been with you this man i'm talking about was just in his 30s as a young boy he wasn't like that gradually he became what he was You cannot eat yourself to death if you are not in an affluent society. If you are in an affluent society where you don't need to work but food is available, that's when you eat yourself to death. But when you need to work before you eat, you find out that there there will be a balance. Have you been eating just because you love the taste of food or are you eating for strength? 
Ecclesiastes 10 verse 17 tells us, Blessed art thou, O land, when thy king is the son of nobles, and thy princes eat in due season for strength and not for drunkenness. Are you eating in due season or you eat anyhow? Eating between meals? You just love to see food and anytime you see it, throw it into your mouth, buy the candies, chocolates, sweets. And anytime you see granite, you just throw it into your mouth and then just love munching and munching things. Oh, you are cursed. The Bible says, Blessed art thou, O land, when your kings eat not for drunkenness, but they eat in due season for strength. Are you eating for strength or you are eating because you love the taste of what you are eating? Then you are becoming like the people before the flood. Proverbs 31, reading from verse 4 to 7, tells us, It is not for kings, O Lamuel. It is not for kings to drink wine, nor for princes strong drink, lest they drink and forget the law, and pervert the judgment of any of the afflicted. Give strong drink unto them that is ready to perish, and wine unto those that be of heavy hearts. Let them let them drink and forget his poverty, and remember his misery no more. It is not for you, O king. Do you know you are a child of the king? And the Lord is going to make all those who are saints to be princes and kings and priests. It is not for you, O king, to take strong drink. Are you taking drinks that are harming your body? The soft drinks and the alcoholic beverages and the chocolate drinks that are doing you no good in your arteries? If you are a child of God, it is not for you to take such things. You should eat for strength. That is, eat for nutrition. Check nutritional value, not taste. Nutritional value, not taste. What does my body need? Not, does, not asking the question, what does my tongue want? What does my body need? Do you need the vegetables? Are they bitter? Yes, some of them are bitter, but my body needs it. Eat them. Not my tongue needs the sweets and then you take them. You will pull your tooth over and over again. You will clog your arteries to the point you start to have heart diseases and lung diseases because of the toxins that is coming from your body. Your, your liver will become damaged. Eventually, you will eat yourself to death. You don't have to be a beast, but you will bring upon yourself diseases of the worst kind that you will suffer under the pain of and eventually die. The Bible has a lot of warnings to give concerning this issue of eating and drinking. Lots of woes are pronounced on those who eat and drink anyhow. Isaiah 5 verse 11, Woe unto them that rise up early in the morning, that they may follow strong drink, that continue until night, till wine inflame them. Isaiah 5 verse 22, Woe unto them that are mighty to drink wine, and men of strength to mingle strong drink. Habakkuk 2 verse 15, Woe unto him that giveth his neighbor drink that puttest thy bottle to him and makest him drunken also that thou mayest look on her, on their nakedness proverbs 23 reading from verse 29 who hath woe who hath sorrow who hath contentions who hath babbling who hath wounds without cause and these wounds are not just outside in the body wounds in the liver wounds in the arteries wounds in the brain wounds in the kidney wounds all over the body who hath wounds without cause who had redness of eyes they that tarry long at wine they that go to seek mixed wine 
Look not thou upon the wine when it is red, when it giveth his color in the cup, when it moveth itself aright. At the last it biteth like a serpent and stingeth like an adder. Thine eyes shall behold strange women, and thine heart shall utter perverse things. Yea, thou shalt be as he that lieth down in the midst of the sea, or as he that lieth upon the top of a mast. They have stricken me, shall thou say, and I was not sick. They have beaten me, and I felt it not. When shall I awake? I will seek it yet again. Here is the cycle of addiction. When shall I awake? I will seek it yet again. Addiction, addictive behavior. Woe unto them that drink strong drink is what the Bible says. Are you taking those drinks? Don't think that this is just referring to alcohol. This is referring to drinks that are harming your body. It's not just alcohol. When the Bible says strong drink, you can apply it not just to alcohol. There are many drinks that people are taking today that are harming their body, causing wounds inside the body. Who has wounds, the Bible says. It is them that are doing these things, that are taking those drinks that are harming the body. But it is not just the drinks. Along with the drinks comes the food. But what kind of food? Let us hear what the Bible says. Proverbs 23, reading from verse 20 and 21. Hear what the Bible says. Be not among wine bibas among riotous eaters of flesh so what are the two things flesh and wine when you go to those joints where they are taking alcohol what else do you have by the side you have those goat pepper soup you have barbecues what is it alcohol and wine the bible says don't go there be not among wine beavers and riotous eaters of flesh the barbecues and the alcohol and other beverages don't go to those places don't even make your house to be a place where that is done we are taking flesh along with the wine eating and drinking yourself to death bible says be not among wine bibbers and riotous eaters of flesh for the drunkard and the gluten not just the drunkard the drunkard and the gluten shall come to poverty and drowsiness shall clothe a man with rags the reason for the curse on the earth was because man ate something that was not good for him. Who is the man I'm referring to? Adam. Adam ate something that the Lord said he should not eat. He ate prohibited food, though what Adam ate was not even harmful, I mean nutritionally. That tree called the tree of knowledge and good, of good and evil, it is not because it had the nutrition, something in it that was poisonous that the Lord prohibited it. It was just prohibited. It was just prohibited. Today, we are eating harmful food and prohibited food. And many care to say that the Lord will not deny them eternal life on account of what they eat. Hmm. One can't be less reasonable than this. You see a world cursed on account of disobedience on the issue of diet. And then you conclude that appetite is not a thing of any consequence today. This is not sound reasoning. Appetite still matters. How can we, after seeing our first parents lose the comforts of Eden and bring woe upon the world on the account of what they ate, dare to look at this matter as inconsequential and a small matter? It was these same eyes that you are looking, you are using to look at food that Eve also used to look at that tree. She felt it doesn't matter what I eat. You also are thinking the same way that Eve was thinking. It doesn't matter what I eat. I know the Lord said I shouldn't eat this, but it really doesn't matter. That's the same thing Eve was thinking. God said we shouldn't eat of the fruit, but it doesn't matter. It's just some food. I will eat it and nothing will happen. But look at what has happened. Today we are repeating the same scene of Eve. 
be not among wine beavers, God says, and riotous eaters of flesh. And don't eat things that will harm your body. The flesh diet harms the body. And many other drinks harm the body. Eating between meals harms the body. Eating at irregular intervals harms the body. Yet, we would say to ourselves, it doesn't matter. That's the same thing Eve did. And we will think in our hearts, I can still go to the kingdom of God while eating anyhow. I can still go to the kingdom of God while I'm a riotous eater of flesh and taking wine. And I can still make it to God's kingdom. Woe unto you, the Bible says. Woe unto you. You will not make it. You are deceiving yourself. It was on this account of diet that we are here today and there's a curse on this world. And you are thinking that you can go ahead eating whatever you like and however you like it and you will still make it woe unto you. You are deceiving yourself. Hear what God has to say to you. Isaiah 65 verse 3 and 4. These people continually and blatantly offend me as they sacrifice in their sacred orchards and burn incense on brick altars. They sit among the tombs and keep watch all night long. They eat pork and broth from unclean sacrificial meat is in their pans. Just in case you are thinking that this was something for the old people, listen to what God has to say concerning the second coming of Jesus. When Jesus comes, who are those that he's going to destroy? Isaiah 66, reading from verse 15, he will fulfill the promise in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18 and 19, and 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 18, where the Lord says, in 1 Corinthians 3 now, 17, 18, 19, the Lord says, Know ye not that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, and whosoever shall defile the body, him shall the Lord destroy. Now here is the fulfillment. God says he's going to destroy. Isaiah 66 verse 15. For the Lord, for look, the Lord will come with fire. His chariots come like a windstorm to reveal his raging anger, his battle cry, and his flaming arrows. For the Lord judges all humanity with fire and his sword. The Lord will kill many. As for those who consecrate and ritually purify themselves so they can follow their leader and worship in sacred orchards, those who eat the flesh of pigs and other abominable disgusting creatures like the mice and the rats they will all be destroyed together says the lord this is not my word this is god's word the second coming of jesus he identifies just in case you think he's joking on this matter of eating and drinking he's not joking he says those who are eating unclean food those who are eating things that are abominable go to the book of leviticus 11 and you will see what is abominable but also leviticus chapter 17 verse 10 11 it tells us that no one is to eat blood today even when people are eating the flesh what are they doing are they separating the blood no they are eating the blood and in the book of acts Acts chapter 15 verse 28 the bible says it seemed good not to me not to paul not to peter not to any human being but it seemed good to the holy ghost to lay no further burden upon you than that they avoid food sacrifice to idols and from fornication and from blood that they should not eat blood what is the world doing today with their flesh food they are eating it with the blood and it is a sin to eat blood And even some people who claim that they are following the Leviticus 11 that says we should eat clean foods and don't eat the unclean ones. The so-called clean foods, which are the cattle and the chickens and the rest, the Bible says don't eat the blood. 
and also says don't eat them when they are diseased but people don't care today some countries cannot even export their f- their flesh food most african countries they cannot export their flesh why it doesn't meet the world standard of what is called f- um, free from disease it doesn't it cannot be certified to be free from disease if the world doesn't certify your flesh as free from disease then what more would god do to that food i mean the world cannot they cannot allow you to export your food out of your country. Your flesh food cannot be exported out of your country because it doesn't meet the world standard. Is it now God's standard that it will meet? Yet many are throwing these things into their mouth and eating them. I understand that many of us have different backgrounds. I myself was a flesh eater and eating between meals. I didn't know all these things. And I remember the first time I read these passages I just read to you now, saying that the Lord will destroy those who eat the mice and the pork and all other unclean foods. I was surprised. I couldn't even understand what I read. I had to close the Bible and just go my way for a while. Until I read it again. And then conviction took hold of me. And I realized that I have to change my ways. And by the grace of God, the Lord gave me the strength not to be, a one, not to be one who eats without control. And eating anything the tongue likes. So I love to chew bitter leaf. I love to take the cabbages and the broccoli and the Brussels sprouts and the cauliflower. They are very nice to my tastes now. You may think to yourself, oh, I can't make this change. I can't. The Lord can give you the strength. Are you struggling with alcoholism? The Lord can give you the strength and you can overcome. Don't give up. Be determined. Pray to the Lord. Continue to give it a trial. Don't stop. The Lord will help you. These words the Lord is giving to us to stir up our minds, to wake us up so that we can go in the right direction and turn away from our iniquities. It was this eating and drinking that was happening before the flood that Jesus said that just as it was then, it will be so now. And that is what is happening now. It was not the case in the 1700s that men were eating and drinking, feasting like it was not so. But as we have come to the time of the end since 1798, it has been coming more and more apparent that man is becoming like the world before the flood. They are eating and drinking, living in an affluent society. And we see the results of that. So what is the right way to eat? give up the animal-based diet that's the first thing i'll tell you they are destroying your body temple and bringing untold diseases upon you give them up subsist on the plant-based diet the fruits the vegetables the grains the nuts and the seeds be sure not to mix your fruits with your veggies eat them at separate meals for the best results in digestion also avoid processed foods and junk foods such as the fried foods white flour all those baked um sorry white flour foods like bread white flour bread and fried buns and egg rolls and you know all of them avoid them avoid soft drinks and sugar anything that has sugar in it chocolates sweets candies avoid them they will destroy your arteries avoid alcoholic drinks chocolate beverages butter margarine mayonnaise and the likes these things clog your arteries and bring disease. One can begin to name the amount of diseases caused by these foods. Just think of any life, any disease. I'm telling you, apart from the ones that are pathogenic, just think of anything we are suffering. This is it. Apart from pathogenic diseases, these foods, that's what causes it. Then, eat at regular times each day. Eat in due season. 
not out of season. Eat when it is time to eat. When it's not time to eat, don't throw things into your mouth. The best way to eat three times or two times a day, two times is better than three. At regular intervals, the same time every day. If you eat by seven today, eat by seven tomorrow. Keep eating by regular times. It will help your body to digest your food properly. Your second meal also repeat it the same time every day, not at various times. Then drink lots of water, but don't drink it with your food. Let your food to digest first. Give your food time to digest one hour, two hours, and after that you can take some water. Because if you take water with your food, it will spoil the food and it won't digest properly. And be sure to pray. I want to tell us something. There's a friend of mine who has requested that we pray for him. Just, you can call his name K or anything. Just a friend and he says he's struggling with alcoholism. I know him since I was young. I know when he started to do these things. Now, he's like those wine beavers. People accuse him. You stole money, he cannot even remember. And he knows he didn't. But people are taking advantage of him. He has to go to rehabilitation. And is requesting that we all pray for him. So please just do the due diligence and help pray for this young man in rehabilitation. He specifically requested that we pray for him. I pray that we all will take this thing seriously. It is no small matter what we eat and what we drink. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 reading from verse 6 tells us now these things were our examples to the intent we should not lust after evil things as they also lost it neither be ye idolaters as were some of them as it is written the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play and verse 11 says now all these things happened unto them for examples and they are written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come brothers and sisters these things are written for our examples. Let us not repeat the mistakes that people have made in the past. Amen. Let us pray. Holy Father in heaven, we ask that you forgive us for the sin of intemperance, eating and drinking to drunkenness. Convict our hearts, O Lord, to understand the things that has just been said. For some people, these are startling things. But I pray, Lord, that your spirit shall help that these words shall be properly understood in their minds some may have questions please lord direct them in the right way that they may find answers in your word that will strengthen them to do what is right for their bodies lord help us we struggle we struggle in this matter the tongue wants to take control going against what the body needs and taking just things for our taste when we see food that is good, we don't want to take it. Please, Lord, give us the strength to love what is good for us, that we may keep our body in a condition where the Spirit of the Lord can dwell in us. Thank you for hearing our prayers and thank you for answering. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. <music>